Hello, and welcome to More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really. This is the first ever podcast. My name is Maura, and let me get started. This podcast is about the 1990s Nickelodeon anthology series called Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I thought, for this first episode, why don't we go through and I'll talk about the Midnight Society. If you want to follow along, I'll leave a link to the blog post that this correlates with in the notes below. So let's get started. In the very first episode, Gary, the lead Midnight Society member, is quoted as saying, We're called the Midnight Society. Separately, we're different. We like different things. We go to different schools. We have different friends. But one thing draws us together. The dark. Each week, we gather around this fire to share our fears and our strange and scary tales. It's what brought us together, and it's what's bringing us back. This is a warning to all who join us. We're going to leave the comfort of the light and step into the world of the supernatural. Gary, circa 1992. What an intro to a television series that is geared towards children. But I feel that this quote really sets it up. It's letting us know that they're welcoming us into their group, the secret society that meets in the middle of the woods at midnight. And it was a really eye-opening and changing experience for me as a child. In 92, I would have been approximately seven or eight years old, depending on the month. And, you know, I had to go to bed at probably 8.30, but on Saturday night, I stayed up till 10 watching this television show that would either really freak me out or scare me to the point I couldn't go to bed, which is actually kind of amazing considering I think it was, at the time, TV PG. But anyways, I digress. You know... This is also a warning to my listeners. I'm welcoming you into my Midnight Society. It's not a perfect society, but it's a society. So, without further ado, let me talk about the members. Season 1 gave us seven Midnight Society members. This would be the biggest incarnation that we would see on the television show. We had Kiki, Kristen, Frank, David, Gary, Betty Ann, and Eric. I have a particular disdain for Eric, and I'll go more into detail when I talk about his character. Let's start with the leader, Gary. Gary, also known in the blog as The Gary, I guess this is like another alter ego I gave him. I'm not really sure. It's just I feel like he has two identities, the leader of the Midnight Society and his alter ego of Mr. Romancer, if you will, but that's in the later seasons and we'll cover that later. He wears glasses and he loves magic. Gary is the creator of the character Sardo. That's Sardo, no Mr. Accent on the Doe. I think he probably majored in library science at the at university. I get the professional librarian vibe from him. His dad owns a magic shop, which is seen in the episode The Tale of the Super Specs. His grandfather, Gene, was the founder of the Midnight Society and created the clearing that they use in 1937. I got this information from the Tale of the Silver Sight, which is part of the first reboot of the series. We'll talk about that later, too. The Gary is a good character. If it wasn't for him, the Midnight Society would not exist. 
um, not exist in its present form in 1992, to be exact. It would exist, but it would be different, I argue. And, you know, I can pretend to hang out with the Midnight Society because they've welcomed me. And maybe in the future I could try to join. But right now, I'm inviting all of my listeners and the readers of the blog to join my Midnight Society. All you have to do is follow the blog, leave me a message, and if you want to share one of your stories, email it. All the information is on the About Me page. He seems shy at first until Sam joins the group in Season 3, and then he decides he wants a girlfriend. I, however, have always pictured him developing feelings for Betty Ann, especially during the first couple of seasons of the show, but I think they were best friends. There's a lot of sexual tension, if you will, for preteens. Well, they weren't preteens. They were like full-on teenagers, but you can just cut it with a knife, the hurt and stuff Betty Ann feels when she figures out Gary's actually into Sam. It takes on a story of its own. The actor who played Gary, Russ Hull, he um, did indeed do an excellent job portraying the Gary. You know, very bookish, but at the same time, someone who you could approach and who you know would be your friend. Um, He grew up to be a weatherman in real life in Canada. In fact, I think he's out of Toronto or somewhere in Ontario. You can catch him on uh, the Canadian news broadcasting weather. Um, He also has a YouTube channel that I don't think has been updated in quite some time called That Guy from That Show. I highly recommend it because he kind of plays himself as Gary on his YouTube channel where people just approach him and they're like, hey, aren't you that guy from that show? It's actually quite hilarious. The next person we're going to talk about who was part of the Midnight Society was Kiki. She is the tough girl, aka the tomboy of the group. Uh, For me personally, I could relate more to her character than the other characters. Maybe a little bit of Betty Ann, but mostly Kiki. Kiki was a tom girl who you wouldn't want to mess with because she looked like she could beat any of the other members up of the group who gave her a good reason to, or pissed her off. So I always was secretly hoping she would beat up Dave, not David, Eric, because screw Eric. I do not like him at all. When the Midnight Society gets the new member, Stig, she doesn't like him. We don't know why she doesn't like him, but they obviously have a past together. He always tries to kiss her and call her babe, and she just, she's not about that life at all. Um, Recently, a lot of people thought that maybe Kiki was a lesbian. I don't think that's the case. I think she just didn't like Stig and his unwanted attention. Um, you know, she was, she had high standards when it comes to personal hygiene and Stig apparently didn't shower. And this was made very apparent in episodes when they would comment about his hygiene. But back to Kiki, you know, we don't know much about her. Presumably her parents could be divorced based on one of the tales she told in a later season. Um, she loves bandanas. She loves to play hide and seek. Uh, she loves Fright Fest and baseball caps. In fact, um, one of her signature wardrobes was a bright neon puffy jacket, which is very evident of the early 90s era. In fact, a lot of the Midnight Society suffered from early 90s fashion. It's uh, quite a thing to look at. You know, I think of all the members of the Midnight Society, Kiki seemed the most real. Um, You know, she was a take me or accept me kind of girl with no apologies. And she doesn't need to give us apologies because she's Kiki, the badass. You know, she's one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite storytellers, and I can't imagine a Midnight Society without a Kiki. 
And Jodie Rester, who played Kiki, just gave her so much in the way of character development, even though the character didn't develop that much. Like, the most we got from her character was one time she showed up in a dress. Fun fact about Jodie Rester, um, she became an R&B singer with two albums. One is called Real, the other, I'm gonna butcher it because it's French, Ma Duality. Um, I actually started listening to her music on YouTube and then ended up buying her albums because I thought they were just amazing. It's like a mixture of R&B and like some Caribbean beats because it gets some reggae in there. Very interesting. Highly recommend it. You can listen to them on Pandora or you can purchase them from iTunes. I'm not sure if it's on Spotify because I don't uh, listen to Spotify as I don't have a Spotify account that I use. Our next Midnight Society member that we'll talk about is Betty Ann. Fun fact, Betty Ann, Gary, and Kiki were the only three original members to make it through all five of the first seasons of the series. So that's why they're the first three that we're going to talk about. Betty Ann is one of my other favorite storytellers. She's the creator of two of the best villains in Are You Afraid of the Dark History, in my opinion. Zebo the Clown, who scared the shit out of me as a child in, I think it was the second episode that aired in the U.S., and the Ghastly Grinner. Now, the Ghastly Grinner, I didn't realize it at the time, but it opened up my love for comic books, because the Ghastly Grinner is a comic book character. You know, she seems like the quiet type at first, but really, Betty Ann blossoms into a great character over time. She was also one of the three to last the entire run of the original series. Betty Ann's stories often have open-ended endings. Um, so in other words, you might not know what happened to the characters. It might be a good ending, it might be a bad ending, but you just have to accept that sometimes you have to make your own ending. So it really got the creative juices going for me as a child. If I had to pick a fictional Canadian to hang out with, it would probably be Betty Ann. Although thinking about it now, it might actually be two. Betty Ann and Kiki, because they are my babes. They are the people who I think would be my ride or dies in a fictional world, just because of their characters. Now, season three does bring some changes with Betty Ann. She becomes more of a prominent character, which I think is well-deserved. Um, she even invites her friend Sam to join, which creates some tension between her and the Gary and Sam. Um, in the episode, The Tale of the Silent Servant, we learn that Betty Ann has morals that she lives by. Well, I mean, everybody does, but this one really came to the forefront. She's a loyal friend, but she's also not a rule breaker because her and Frank and Kiki go to the movies. Frank and Kiki decide to sneak into a movie and Betty Ann decides to snitch on them and all three get kicked out of the cinema. It creates a lot of pain for Betty Ann as she becomes an outcast. Um, Betty Ann, to me, also sounded the most Canadian. Because as much as they never officially said where the show took place, it took place in a soundstage in Montreal, Canada. I think the actress who portrayed Betty Ann did an excellent job given what they had for her character, which I imagine wasn't a lot on a piece of paper to act with. The actor who plays Betty Ann, I don't think is acting anymore. I think uh, she is currently like behind the camera in a way. Uh, the actress is named Rain Perry Cool, which I think is how the name is pronounced. Um, I couldn't find a lot of information about her, but she did have a small role on the Disney the Disney Channel show Flash Forward in one episode, and in the Morgan Waters show, which is a Canadian variety show where she played a goth chick um, named Petra who likes badminton. Uh, you can go on YouTube to see both of those 
It's uh, quite hilarious, and I recommend it. Fun fact, I took an online quiz to see which member of the Midnight Society I'd be, and wouldn't you know it, my quiz results was Betty Ann, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, we have a lot in common, and I'm not as badass as Kiki, even though I think I am in my head. Moving right along, our next Midnight Society member who we're going to discuss is Frank Moore. Frank is the only Midnight Society member who has a last name. Coincidentally, he's also the initiator, or the initiatee, for the first episode of the series. Frank is friends with David, and David brought him along. I assume he knew David from school, or maybe the neighborhood. I don't know how district boundaries work in Canada. He's dressed like a badass. I guess you could say he's like a male version of Kiki. Ripped shirt, head bandana, loves the plaid. You know, kind of a fashion icon before his time. Um, I think that him and Kiki would make a really good couple. They like to pull pranks together at meetings, and it really pisses off the other members. But it's all for a good laugh, so who cares, right? Frank also gave us the character Dr. Vink, with a va va va, who's totally not a nutbag. And in fact, Nev Campbell guest starred on one of the episodes with Dr. Vink, The Tale of the Dangerous Soup, and that may have been one of her early television credits, at least in Canada. Well, unfortunately for Frank, his family had to move during the financial crisis in Canada, so he wasn't on season five. But I've always wondered, what would happen to Frank? I imagine he went to, like, some kind of military school because he got into too much trouble, turned his life around, and became a Canadian Mountie police, where he gets to ride horses and save people, because that's what he does. He's Frank. The actor who played Frank, Jason Ali Saharan, he's gone on to work behind the camera in the U.S., I think he's out of California, if I'm not mistaken. Fun fact, his brother was on an episode um, where he played Aaron. And this was an episode not told by Frank, but by Kiki. And I think it's just really cool that the two brothers got to be on the same TV show, but not necessarily in the same scene. I thought, I thought it was a really nice gesture on the show's part to have both brothers on, even if they weren't sharing any scenes. It just was really nice to see that. Our next Midnight Society member that we'll talk about is David. Honestly, there's not much to say about David other than he seems to get picked on a lot. And not necessarily by the other Midnight Society members, but just by society. That being said, David used a lot of his life experiences to create his stories. So in one episode, it's mentioned he had to move schools, and he didn't like that. So he created the story, The Tale of the Hatchling, about two really evil space aliens who cosplay as humans to feed their lizard race. In another episode, it's mentioned that his bicycle got stolen. So he created the story, The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. David's really one of those people who can turn a bad situation around and turn it into one of his stories. Now, the funny thing about David is, is his character only lasted two seasons, but in that amount of time, he grew from being the scrawny kid to the kid who had a crush on the hot chick of the group at the time, Kristen. Kristen and David had a love story that was really the beginning of, will they or won't they hook up? Well, I think, if memory serves me correctly, they ended up together, but it was like a secret that they were together because David gave um, Kristen a necklace and Kristen was like, oh, you remembered my birthday. It was a big deal. 
Um, it was, I can't remember the story that took place in, but when we get to that episode, I'll be sure to point it out. Fun fact about David, he went through puberty in between seasons one and two, as his voice got deeper, like it used to really squeak, but then it got really deep. Our next Midnight Society member that we'll talk about is Kristen. Kristen is your typical blonde. She also told the stories I hated the most, not because she's blonde, but I just did not like her storytelling for the most part. She's afraid of clowns, and this is very apparent during the episode Laughing of the Dark, where she even threatens to get up and leave. But the other Midnight Society members more or less bully her into staying. I always thought she seemed like she felt like she was too good to hang out with these kids. But as Gary pointed out in the beginning, they don't go to the same schools, and they aren't necessarily friends. But what brings them together is the dark. So maybe she just really loves scary stories and was just like, hey, I'm going to stay to hear everybody's story. Kristen would also be the type to mock somebody in the group first for a fear, even though she's afraid of clowns, and I have no tolerance for that at all. However, to her credit, Kristen would always dress up for her stories. So if one story was about a horse rider, she would dress up in horse riding gear. If another story was about a prom queen, she would dress up as a prom queen. If it was about a dead hippie chick, she would dress up as the dead hippie chick. One of my favorite scenes with Kristen is when she brings her dog Elvis to create the sound effects for the tale of the Hungry Hounds. I mean, it was just that little extra that I thought was hilarious because that episode was horrible. And I'll get more into how much I hated that episode when we get to that review. But to give you the idea of the kind of person Kristen is, Betty Ann went to give her a high five because she really enjoyed one of her custom, I think it was earrings, and she just leaves her hanging. Like, that's such a bitch move to do. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that word. It just kind of comes out of me sometimes. I imagine if Kristen was telling us stories today, she would contact Michael Bay to help her with the effects of her tales. I picture big, big explosions and robots and stuff. Kristen was played by Rachel Blanchard, who you might remember from the series Clueless. She played Cher on that show. She was also in a couple episodes of Seventh Heaven. So now, who shall we talk about next? Oh, I know. Let's talk about Sam, a.k.a. Samantha. Samantha was brought on to the Midnight Society after David and Kristen left. I presume to fill the more generic blonde chick void left by Kristen's departure. Anyway, she is friends with Betty Ann. She told stories that had sentimental value to them and often had to do with the loss of a loved one. I would have liked to hear more about how Sam and Betty Ann met. Was it at school or are they neighbors? Who knows? Because they don't really look like they would be the type of people to be friends. Although, looking back at it now, it kind of makes sense because they were both kind of artsy. Betty Ann into books, Sam into, like, painting, I guess. Also, it seems to me that they may have drifted apart slightly as the seasons went on, since it seems that Sam is better friends with Kiki now. Her and Kiki, they kick it a lot. Like, she'll come to the meetings with Kiki and not Betty Ann, and I'm sure Betty Ann felt really horrible about that, but these are fictional people, so I don't know why I'm getting way into this. She flirts with both Gary and Frank, but since Frank moves away in season five, she becomes one half of the power couple, Scary. A.K.A. Sam plus Gary equals scary. Ta-da! Together, they rule the Midnight Society with an iron fist. Betty Ann might have regretted asking Sam to join when this happened. If this show was on today, I imagine Sam and Gary would be late for meetings a lot. They are probably making out in the woods. 
The actress who played Sam, Joanna Garcia, was the only American on this show. She kind of stood out since the rest of the cast had Canadian accents. Joanna Garcia, of course, went on to have a really successful career on TV, playing the oldest daughter of Reba on Reba McIntyre's show, Reba. The next Midnight Society member that we'll get into is Tucker. Tucker joined by default because he's Gary's younger brother. So his grandfather is also Gene, the founder of the Midnight Society. Tucker started off as a real jerk because he would do stuff that would just piss the other people off for no apparent reason. I have this theory that Gary's mom told him no more meetings unless you bring Tucker. I think she wanted to get alone time with her husband or her secret lover. Tucker's real father, because let's face it, he looks way different than the Gary. And their mother presumably needed a way to get Tucker out of the house. Gary relented and gave in, and Tucker got a spot in the Midnight Society. Well, actually, he told Tucker that he would give Frank permission to pound him if he stepped out of line and didn't know his place. Pretty sure Tucker heard that message loud and clear. Tucker was kind of an asshole at first and would rag on all the other members. He would also antagonize Frank, which is kind of dumb since Frank was like twice his size. However, as the series progressed, Tucker really mellowed out. In fact, he mellowed out to the point where when the first reboot happened, Tucker became the new Gary. Well, the new leader of that version of the Midnight Society. He once hooked up Gary on a date with Sam for his birthday. If the show took place today, I think Tucker would be too busy playing on his iPhone 7 Plus to give a shit about meetings. The actor who played Tucker, Daniel DeSanto, was the youngest member of the first generation of the Midnight Society, so he played the role of bratty little brother Tucker very well. Fun fact, Daniel DeSanto went on to be in the movie Mean Girls and is the voice of Carlos Ramon on The Magic School Bus. The Magic School Bus was my favorite show because it was educational. It seems only fair that we move from Tucker to one of his best friends, Stig. I don't know what kind of name Stig is, but it rhymes with pig, and Stig kind of was a pig. I can't really write much about him because he was only on for one season, However, in that one season, Stig told one of the scariest stories of season five, the tale of the dead man's float. But because of his poor life choices and hygiene and the fact Kiki hates him meant he had to prove himself. Stig is one of the only members who we saw go through initiation twice. The saying goes, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I'm pretty sure that is Stig's life motto at this point. If this, if this took place today, I don't think Stig would have been part of the Midnight Society. I see Stig more as like a WWE wrestler because that's what he was into. The actor who played Stig is Cody Wilby. Fun fact, Stig also provided the group with hot dogs after the tale of the mystical mirror. And our last society member that we'll talk about today is Eric. Oh god, where do I begin with Eric? I really do not like Eric. He was the world's biggest douchebag. He complained about everything and never said sorry. He was meant to, he was mean to everyone in the Midnight Society and would throw any one of them under the bus for personal gain. He even used his dead grandfather as a way to tell a story to gain sympathy points. He sold Kiki out in the episode The Tale of the Super Specs. The guy even picked on Betty Ann, freaking Betty Ann of all people. I will give him this. The Tale of the Dark Music was filled with nightmare feel. 
It had a human-sized doll for crying out loud, but his personality was just meh. Very one note. The actor who played Eric, Jacob uh, Tierney, played the most hated character, in my opinion, very successfully, to the point that I wanted to punch him or run him over with a car. His sister was in the tale of the Closet Keepers as the blonde girl from England. The actor's sister in real life, not like Eric had a sister and she just popped up in a story. And lastly, let's talk about me. Well, if you've been to my blog, you know that my name is Mora. I used to go to school in Hawaii, but now I'm back home in Mount Lee Terrace, Washington. Um, my hobbies include browsing the internet, going to the movies, and pre-pandemic hanging out with my friends. I'm currently an online community manager, which is a fancy term for being a Twitch slash Discord moderator and YouTube moderator. It's a fulfilling job. As far as fandom goes, I don't really follow any one fandom, except for I guess you could say I've started to rise up and get noticed by people in the Power Rangers fandom, which is kind of bizarre because I never set out to do that. Fun fact about me, I actually have another WordPress blog that I created specifically for a school project that's called Mighty Morphin Rewind. Um, it doesn't have a lot of content to it currently because it was strictly made for a class. And to give you an idea of what that blog is about, we had to write about a fictional place as if you were traveling to it. So it's basically me meeting the Power Rangers, not knowing they're Power Rangers, and them taking me around Angel Grove. I think it was good for a laugh, and it took me no time to write at all. And I ended up getting like an A-plus on it, which was pretty cool, in my opinion. So let's bring this episode to a wrap now. You know, what does everyone think about the Midnight Society? Do you agree with my assessment of them? Or are they just a group of Canadian teenagers and one American, or in our case, a group of Canadian teenagers and two Americans who played people who were in fact not teenagers at all. I was watching an interview with Ross Hall on YouTube and he mentioned that he was 18 when the show went into the series and that Rain Perry Cool was in her 20s, 19 during the pilot, which surprised me because she looked about 12 in the first series. And while at first this information was a little shocking, Thinking back on it now, with all like the rules and regulations, this doesn't surprise me that a person in their mid to late 20s could play a late-age teenager. The ultimate goal of my blog at first was to reach out to the three people who stayed with the series the entire time, Ross Hall, Jody Rester, and Rain Perry Cool, to try and interview them. But since I have no way of getting a hold of them, and unless they're listening to this, I don't think that'll happen, at least not until I'm more well-known in the universe, per se. But who knows? I didn't think I'd ever be an online community manager for social media influencers at this point in my life either. But that happened. So anything is possible. So now, listeners, I'll leave you with this. As you know from my blog, I always like to close a blog post with the way Gary would close a meeting. So without further ado... This has been the first episode of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not re Until next time, dear listeners, don't let the bug bugs bite. I want to dedicate my first episode to the people who have pushed me to actually make this come to fruition. There's two people that come to mind. One of them is my friend Ranger Liz. Ranger Liz has a YouTube channel. You should really go check her out if you like Ranger News or Toku News. Each week she comes out with a Ranger Week in Review. I can't recommend that program enough if you're a Ranger fan. 
It's really good quality. The second person I'd like to thank is Melissa Flores. Uh, Melissa Flores has a Twitch channel. You can find her on Twitch as Misty underscore Flores. I highly recommend it. She's really becoming a great gamer. And so with that, listeners, I bid you adieu. Until next time, this has been Mora. Have a good day.